Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great day. Uh, I'm really excited about today's episode. This is a really fun one. We are wrapping up uh, part eight, the last part of this series with Brian Elaine as we've been walking through with him uh, for the past several episodes, showing him how to find and book paid speaking gigs and build his speaking business. Now, I will go ahead and tell you that uh, a massive amount has happened in, uh, in, in Brian's business and in Brian's life uh, since we started this series. And that's part of why uh, we had to kind of delay getting this release. And we explained that right out of the gate here. This was a, a really, really powerful episode. Uh, Brian shares some um, incredibly personal things that have happened to him recently but also uh, shares uh, some really great uh, takeaways uh, that he's learned from this process, kind of his next steps and action items. So really think you're going to learn a lot, get a lot from today's episode. I'm really, really excited with it. Uh, before we get there, let me remind you, uh, if you haven't already, definitely you want to pick up your copy of The Successful Speaker. This is our new book that walks through five steps for how to find gigs, get paid, and build your platform. Uh, it is the resource that you need. Uh, so listen, Quit dinging around. If you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, the book's like, I don't know, 15, 20 bucks or something on Amazon. You can probably get it cheaper than that on, on Kindle or, or Audible. Uh, but go pick up your copy of The Successful Speaker. Again, five steps for booking gigs, getting paid, building your platform. It is the book, the guide, the step-by-step plan that you need to find and book gigs, to build and grow your speaking business, to share your message with the world. So go pick that up. All right. Let's get into this conversation with Brian, Elaine. I think, again, you're really going to enjoy this. We'd love to hear from you about uh, lessons that you've learned from this uh, that, that you can apply to your own speaking business. So let's jump into it. Here's this uh, conversation with Brian, Elaine. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great day. We are on part eight, the final conclusion to this series with Brian Elaine. This is actually, I know people are listening to this over the course of uh, hypothetically an eight-week period. Uh, this is actually taking the place over several months. A lot has happened here. Uh, we've recorded actually the previous uh, seven episodes several months ago and are, uh, are getting caught up. Brian, how, uh, how are you feeling? How has this process been for you? Man, this, uh, it has been a few months since we started and some of the things that have happened in these last few months have been uh, completely unexpected. Uh, some of them weird, some of them tragic, and uh, there's been a lot that has happened with the kind of the speaking side of things and the golf marketing side of things, but then there's been some personal stuff as well that uh, has come completely rocked my world as well. So uh, yeah, what a, what a crazy last few months. 
It has, uh, it has absolutely been that. Um, and let's, let's dig into that for a second. Cause that has, uh, that's really kind of shifted the series. You know, when we first started recording this, we were kind of on one track and then, um, uh, to say that life happened, I think is a significant understatement here, but, uh, do you mind sharing what, uh, what, what kind of took place and then we'll, we'll kind of talk about timeline and, and how it shifted things. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, there's no like easy way to say this. This is like the basically my family and I uh, right in the middle of this process had to walk through the toughest season of our entire lives, the worst season of our our entire lives. Um, the last stuff that you and I did on the microphone as I was kind of getting ready to potentially uh, I was booking this gig in Indiana um, just a couple days after kind of had that solidified. Um, my 16 year old son Parker passed away uh, because of accidental overdose. And it was completely unexpected and completely world rocking uh, for my wife and myself and my daughter, uh, who is a couple years older than Parker was. Um, so yeah, in the midst of um, working on this stuff and getting excited about this stuff, uh, tragedy struck and um, life came to a, a grinding halt as anybody who has ever experienced that level of intense grief uh, from losing somebody that close to them. And, and I think there's a special uh, kind of grief that happens when you lose a child because it's so against the natural order of things. Um, and so, you know, we have amazing family and amazing friends surrounding us, uh, an amazing church family that supported us. Um, Grant, you actually are, are a part of my circle of friends. Well, not in my closest circle, you're definitely uh, in one of the circles of friends and you were just amazing kind of supporting and checking in on me as well. So I really appreciated that. Uh, but that was, that was the uh, end of November. 2019. And so, again, right in the middle of this kind of speaking journey, and uh, kind of just put everything for a halt. So we, we kind of huddled together as a family and, and tried to get through those first few weeks, which are uh, definitely the most difficult as we record this, it's uh, about five months later. Um, so the acute mourning phase is definitely in the past, which we're all thankful for. Um, we still have good days and bad days and, and grief is very nonlinear and hard to predict like that. And of course, then you throw on top of it, the, the COVID-19 pandemic that we're kind of in the middle of now, which just adds a, another wrinkle to it. But anyway, you know, I obviously could talk about Parker and what he meant to us and how amazing of, of a son he was. Uh, I could do that for hours and hours. That's not the point of this podcast. I have been uh, writing about him and about the grief process at a blog that I set up. Uh, so if, if anybody's interested in, in reading more about that or, or kind of checking in on that part of my journey, uh, that's at brianelaine.me. They can do that. And um, that's been really helpful for me to process everything. And I've got a lot of good feedback from folks saying it's kind of helped them work through it as well. So yeah, that all that stuff has happened in the, uh, in, in, kind of the last five months since we recorded, uh, definitely the worst season of our lives. Right. Um, it's not a path we would have chosen, but here we are and we're just trying to walk it as well as we can. 
Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, I know it's been a, um, can't even begin to fathom, you know, what you guys have been. I know, you know, we talked, uh, uh, I don't know that day or the next day. Um, and, uh, it's still, uh, still difficult to comprehend as a complete bystander, as a complete outsider. So I know for, for timeline, um, you know, the episode seven, the previous one to this, uh, we had had two separate conversations. Um, the last one that we had had, uh, you had been following up, just talked to this lady about this gig in Indiana. Um, that was on a, a, a Thursday. Um, and on Saturdays when everything happened with Parker, uh, so yeah. literally two, two days later. So, um, I know you were feeling, you know, great momentum on the speaking stuff and feeling like, oh my gosh, I, I, we have a, basically a verbal agreement now to speak at a gig. Um, and I know how much excitement you had. Uh, and even, I know, um, uh, later we were, we were talking about, you know, what do you, what do you say to this lady? And I, I think you'd mentioned like, Hey, I, you know, I, I told her there'd been a, um, a family tragedy. I was like, <laughs> that doesn't do it justice. You know, right. family tragedy yeah. is like, you know, I, uh, my dog ran away, you know, like this is next level, next level, next level. And so, um, I know you're having such a great momentum and, and this happened. And I know even for a minute, we also talked about, um, I think it was that week that we'd actually released the first episode of this series. And we're trying to think through like, you know, what do we do with this? And, and I, I remember telling you like, Hey, we can, we can totally scrap this. this that's mm -hmm. fine. We've recorded a bunch, but it's no big deal. Uh, and you, you said, Hey, I'd, I, I want to do this. I want to share. I want to, uh, I think this is helpful. And, you know, again, as an outsider, I think that you've done a great job, um, continuing to celebrate Parker's life and celebrate, um, you know, the, uh, awesome young man that he was. I know, uh, we were talking even before we started recording here about, uh, kind of re-listening to some of the podcast episodes in this series and, you know, part of your love of golf also stemmed from the shared love of golf that you and Parker had. Um, and so, if we fast forward to this point, again, you, you mentioned, uh, I mean, I, actually at the time of this recording, it's, um, if, if, uh, correct, it's five months to the day that he yeah. passed. Yeah. Um, how are you guys doing? How you, how you feeling? I, I, I know, um, uh, I, I don't know if there's any like right way of like, Oh, I, we're doing great. You know, like, yeah. um, how, how are you thinking? How are you feeling? Where's your head at? Uh, you mentioned like we layer on top of it, this, this pandemic that we're all in the midst of, but, How's the, how's the Elaine family doing right now? We are doing, I think, as well as can be expected. Um, like I said, the, the friends and family support has been incredible. Um, I cannot imagine going through something like this without friends and family. I, and I've told people over the past few months, like, I, it's weird. It's like, you want to make sure you have a great support system for if things like this happen. Um, but that's not to say that's the only reason. I mean, great friends, great family, that's always important in life, but yeah. man, it becomes so evident when you are suddenly just racked with grief and, uh, people come and just kind of sit with you in that. And some people lean into it and some people lean away from it and that's fine. You know, we had no judgment at all, but for the people who did lean in, it was great. And it definitely got us through. I think the shipwreck analogy is the best analogy because in those first few weeks, you're just holding on to driftwood. The waves are crashing. You're just trying to survive and stay alive. And so when those friends come into the water with you and just hold your hand and say, we'll get you through this, you need it. And then eventually you get back into the boat and the boat's a mess and it's a disaster, but at least there's a little bit of stability in life. And so I kind of feel like that's the phase we're in now. We're back in the boat. The boat's 
a mess. The boat's never going to be the same, mm -hmm. um, because Parker's gone, but, um, but there's a stability that's at least there, which is helpful. Um, and so we we're happy for that stability, but we're still, we still have bad days. Of course, we still have bad moments. Um, we've tried to have a ton of grace for each other. We're learning so much about grief and, um, you know, in five days after this happened, I would have never believed that I would be in the spot that I'm at now in terms of just how I've processed it and my outlook on life, even five weeks after, um, I'm, I'm thankful for where I am now and I want to continue to do the work of grief and, you know, we're trying to, on the spiritual side of things, we're trying to say like, God, how do you want us to change from this? Because um, there's a lot of ways this can change you. And I yeah. think some of those may be good and some of those may not be good. So we're, we're trying to work through that. Um, but um, yeah, we look for, we look for ways to honor Parker as much as we can. I think that's one of the reasons that one of the things that gets me out of bed every day is um, how can I be thankful for friends and family? How can I pour into other people's lives? And also how can I honor Parker today? And even so, even this opportunity to, share with your listeners like my son was an amazing son and um he touched so many people's life with his kindness and his sweetness and um and you can read more about that on my blog but we as we've heard stories about him it's been fantastic and it's helped a little bit in the grief and so um you know it's hard to put into words where we're at right now but i feel like we're in a pretty good place and um I hope we continue to heal. So, yeah. So obviously when, uh, prior to all this happening, uh, you're on the track of, uh, I want to find and book gigs. I want to help golf course professionals and owners. Uh, I, you, I know you are uh, deeply, deeply passionate about the game. Um, and it is one of your, your greatest joys and passions in life. Uh, and so now fast forward to this point, how are you thinking about all of this? Is this something that you still want to pursue? Is this something that you still want to do? Um, I know, I know you and I have had numerous conversations over the past couple months about what this looks like going forward, but <clears throat> as of now, uh, where's your head at in all this? Um, and cause like you kind of alluded to, you spend uh, a lot of time grieving as, as you should. And, and I know at, at some point you want to get back to some sense of normalcy and routine and, and feel like you're working towards something. And so how are you thinking about all of that now and what, what, uh, speaking looks like? Yeah. Golf was a complicated one because Parker and I had spent so much time playing golf together. In fact, the last week before he passed, we had been, we had this new goal of him playing college golf potentially if he really worked at it. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of that week, we were at the course or at the park practicing things. So um, golf had gone from being my thing for 20 years to all of a sudden being our thing for yeah. a couple of years there. And so when he passed, that definitely complicated it. Um, but I sort of knew right away that uh, I was thankful to the game of golf for the opportunities it had given me. And as I kind of came out of that acute mourning phase, just was really thankful for it and knew that, okay, I don't want to put golf in a rearview mirror. I want to I still love the game. I'm even more thankful now for the memories that it gave me that I had with Parker. And so I kind of felt like more than ever, golf is the greatest game in the world. And I am thankful for it. And this can become part of my story eventually about yeah. another reason that I'm thankful for golf. So 
while I wasn't ready to kind of jump into the pursuit of speaking again, I kind of knew that, okay, I, I do think golf is going to continue to be a part of my future. And also, if you remember, another thing we had been talking about was that I had been talking to an organization here in Pennsylvania about potentially joining their team right, in right. some kind of capacity. And so, uh, they all knew what had happened and, and it was right over the time where they were figuring out if they were going to bring me on. And, uh, so this stuff happened with Parker at the end of November and then December, I actually went in for an interview with them to talk about this position. And then, and I think it was early January, uh, I found out that they had gone in a different direction. Uh, so that was, that was also tough. Um, <laughs> I talk that week and I remember you just like, why don't you just kick me when I'm down? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I did end up getting more to the story, of course, weeks later, um, about why they went in a different direction. Some of it I agreed with some of it I didn't agree with. Um, but they left the door open for me to potentially work with them in the future. And it's something actually that we're, I'm still talking about them with to this day. So I do see hundred percent see a future that includes golf and golf marketing. I've uh, started my podcast again. Uh, I have a golf podcast called the Hosel Jockeys Golf Podcast. And in fact, uh, if, you're, if you're interested between episode 155 and 156, I recorded a 15 to 20 minute thing about the game of golf, why I love it and kind of memorializing Parker a little bit in that and why I wanted to keep the podcast going. So I'm, I'm doing the podcast again. I'm continuing to work with my home club in their marketing efforts. I'm continuing to talk to this organization and um, the, the COVID-19 pandemic kind of puts a, a strange spin on events and conferences, but I would like to pursue that as well. Yeah. So looking back on this, uh, again, I know that you felt like you, you know, you had some, some great momentum going and felt like, uh, I remember, um, you know, even in the previous episode, episode seven, uh, when we recorded things that, that particular week, uh, like how much excitement and joy you had, like, Oh, we, we got one. It's like, it's like you're fishing or something. I got one on the line and I'm reeling it in, reeling it in, reeling it in. Um, do you still feel that same level of excitement and, and passion for speaking and what the future holds for, you know, Brian Elaine as a speaker and working in the, in the golf industry? Or do you feel like that that's kind of, eh, it's just all kind of secondary right now? Um, I, I don't think I'm quite at the level of excitement. Cause I was like, like you're saying, like I was, I had a, a one on the reel there. And, uh, so that was that chase. And that part of it was really exciting. Um, I'm not quite at that level, but, I do, I do still want to do it. Um, and I, I know it's going to happen. Um, and even with the Pennsylvania organization that I'm talking to, I'm not sure what role I'll be playing with them, if any, but I'm pretty con confident that when they do have their next event, whenever that is, um, I have good relationships with those folks now. And so I'm pretty sure, um, that's going to be something in my future that I'm going to be able to speak to them. And I'm, I'm excited about it because, the whole reason this thing started was because I was sitting here thinking, I like to speak. I like to be on stage. Um, I like to share my ideas. Why am I not pursuing doing this? What's, what's sure. holding me back? And I would think right now, especially in the thick, you know, like we talked about in the thick of this pandemic, when we're recording that, uh, golf courses, like any other business, uh, needs that marketing help and needs to attract people. Thankfully, golf is one of the, the sports that people can, uh, can play with some social distance to, uh, to it. Uh, I know we were talking before we started recording, you know, uh, we both are still playing, uh, uh, once a week, give or take, and, and just getting out there and, and 
playing with some friends, but also <laughs> keeping distance from each other. Um, but it seems like that what the, the solution that you provide of helping golf courses attract golfers uh, is going to be even more of a need uh, on the other side of all of this and even kind of processing this now. Um, so how are you kind of thinking about it? Is this something that you really want to, you're like, hey, I'm, I'm ready to jump back in. It's just kind of a slow ramp up period. Or what do you feel like are the next steps for you? Yeah, I, I do feel like in this, in the middle of this pandemic, and you've been a great voice, I feel like for this, it's like, okay, instead of complaining, let's talk about what does this make possible, you know? And I absolutely feel like on the other side of this, golf courses are going to need to be smarter about how they market. And they're also, I think they're positioned as, like you said, a great place to get outside, to practice social distancing, depending on what guidance is in place at the time. Pennsylvania golf courses have been closed since March 20th. Uh, mm. business-wise some of them around here are kind of open and letting people walk around and play but all of these businesses in Pennsylvania are they're hurting right now because this is like prime start of golf season and yeah. so um, in fact one of the things I'm talking to this organization about is like hey I feel I really feel bad for the owners some of them are friends of mine like what are ways that I can just help out um, people right now and you know, I think that's a, a, sh a sign of goodwill that might potentially lead to stuff down the road. But if nothing else, I, if I can help them out, I think that would be great. But I, I do feel like um, I actually updated my website and I mentioned um, kind of indirectly just about this season that we're in and how coming on the other side of it, marketing is going to be uh, a very important thing because I think it's something that should be addressed. And I think it, um, it's something that I can absolutely help clubs with. So if we, as we look back over the past, you know, six, seven, eight months of all of this, uh, specifically this project, uh, I know this kind of started as a, as an idea. Um, I, I'd kind of been noodling around in my head. And then I think you emailed me at one point like, Hey, what do you, what do you think about this? And now we're in, in some ways at the end of this, um, some ways at the end of this project and some ways at the beginning and, and continuation of your own journey. What are your takeaways? What do you feel like how, how this has helped you? What have you learned? What do you, what do you want listeners to know? Yeah, I was trying to think about that this morning. And I, I came up with kind of a few things that I've learned through this process. Um, five things, actually. The first one is that I was surprised at how much nuance there is to this uh, endeavor of trying to build a speaking career. And what I mean by that is the the wording that you use in emails when you're looking for gigs, the timing of when you when you write to someone, how quickly you reply to them, um, even just the, the level of persistence and being keeping in front of mind of them, but not being a doofus about it and pestering mm -hmm. them. Like I, I didn't realize there was that much nuance to it. And I feel like you really helped me think through that. And, um, you know, I remember some of those conversations when you were like, you haven't responded to them yet right now, as soon as we get <laughs> off this call right now, respond to them. And this is what you say. And this is how you make sure, you know, the ball is in their court or the ball is in your court. Uh, I think that nuance was an interesting thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's simple, but it's not easy. It's just having a, a process and a system and, and keeping up with it. Um, because people like, we're all busy. We all have things going on. There are, um, uh, products or services that we're interested in. And like, it's, it's one of those things that's, that's, um, important, but it's not urgent. And we're like, if someone would just ask me, 
you know, to make a decision type of thing, you know, um, but just following up, following up, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, uh, I wanted to, um, uh, get my wife's car detailed. Um, and I knew of a guy who did that and a, he's doing a really, uh, uh, I think we've only done this one other time, but, uh, did a, um, uh, like his did his pandemic pricing, uh, type of thing. <laughs> and so, um, I text him and, um, I, I long story short is like, I had to keep texting him. Like, I am trying to give you money right now <laughs> right. and I'm trying to pay you for this service. And it was such a pain versus like, um, it would have been, I think most from a customer standpoint would have thrown in the towel and thought this isn't worth it. Forget it. I'll find someone else. Right. Yeah. But if during that, if I had texted him, Hey, I'm kind of interested in this. And then like he owned that for the next several days or weeks to the point that I finally made a decision. Hey, I just wanted to follow up. We had an opening in this day or, Hey, we have a special rate here or Hey, is this something where you're still interested in? And like I've expressed interest and now he's just following up. Uh, and in that, this particular situation, it felt like the opposite. Like I was having to chase him down, you know, which is so frustrating and annoying as a, as a customer. Um, but I think again, just staying top of mind with people who, you know, that you're providing a solution to the problem that they have, you're just staying top of mind till they get to the point that they are ready or willing to make a decision ultimately. Yeah. And that was actually the, the second thing I wrote down is that this is a, a people business before anything else. And yeah. that every conference has a gatekeeper, probably, you know, one or two people, every or event has an organizer and you know, as, as we know, pretty much across every industry, people like working with people who they like working with. And mm -hmm. so, you know, when you send an email out into the ether, it's not just going out to it's going to somebody's inbox who's going to read that. And whether that means a little bit of small talk or adding some personal details or just kind of remembering that they're a person who has a to-do list that they're probably overwhelmed by and how can I help this person out? Uh, I think that was in, in those 25 emails that I had sent out way back a few months ago when we were in the middle of this. Uh, it was interesting. Some people I got real quick, curt responses from this one guy. I was just looking at the email this week. He wrote me this like 12 paragraph dissertation on what's <laughs> wrong with the game of golf today. I was like, wow. he just couldn't wait to like unload. And so, I, and I, at the time I responded to him within a day and kind of told him where I agreed with him and where I maybe disagreed with him, but we had this great back and forth about it. And yeah. Um, yeah, I think that was just, that was another thing that I was reminded of that it's a people business. And the third thing I wrote down was um, kind of the Pareto principle, the 80, 20 principle. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is an endeavor that would be very easy to stay busy without ever getting closer to your goal. Mm -hmm. And it kind of goes back to even the email wording and stuff. Like I could have spent all day yesterday reaching out to all my contacts being like, Hey, this is Brian Elaine. Uh, just wanted to get back on your radar. Hope you're doing well. See ya. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. like not actually accomplished anything with the emails, but I could have walked away thinking, Oh yeah, it's great. I, I emailed two dozen people today. Like look at yeah. me doing work in my speaking business. Yeah. But I feel like you kind of helped me see there are specific things that you can do that will propel your business forward. Um, and so it's not just about being busy. 
it's about, you know, doing the right things. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. It's kind of like, uh, let's go to the golf analogy. I know you and I, we've talked a lot about, we, uh, we both really enjoy golf. Um, it is easy to go to the range and hit balls for an hour and not make a, a single bit of improvement, <laughs> right? You just kind of, I, I, I want to hit golf balls. Like I gotta be getting better, you know, yeah. but like, if you're not, um, really uh, intentional or specific, it's, it's the same thing we hear from, from speakers who said, you know, I'm, well, I'm really working on, um, um, my blog post, I'm really working on this new piece of content, or I'm really working on my speech. It's like, that's all well and good. There's nothing wrong with those things. But how is that actually helping you connect with an event planner who's going to make a decision about whether or not they're going to hire you, you know? Yeah. And so just being at- intentional about, um, you know, just, if we go back to like the, the, the guy who details cars, it's like, I, I'm, I spent the whole day working on this perfect formula to make cars look extra shiny. Or, uh, I spent a whole, you know, a whole afternoon researching, uh, cloths to wipe down car. You know, it's like, you can do all that, but if it's not moving the needle forward and actually helping you get business, then what are you, what are you doing? You know? So, um, I think that's a great, I think that's a great observation. Yeah. Um, and that leads into my next one, which is, I think I was surprised by the ratio of on stage hours versus off stage hours, especially at the beginning, I guess my ratio is infinity right now or, or zero <laughs> or however that math works. Um, cause obviously I haven't, uh, gotten on the stage yet because of, of everything that happened. But, um, I, I guess at the beginning, especially like there are a lot of hours that are going to go into this business, yeah. um, off the stage versus what actually happens on the stage. Right. Yeah. One of the things you, you, uh, you may have heard us talk about it is the analogy of like uh, planting something, you know, like sowing and reaping. And so we look forward to the harvest part. That's the fun part, you know, like, Ooh, this is fun. I'm on stage, but like, there's a lot, you know, if you, if you want to, um, you know, at the t- at time of this recording, we're kind of in springtime. Uh, my mom, uh, my mom, my wife and my <laughs> middle daughter, her mom, uh, they have been planting a garden together. And so part of planting a garden, uh, as we all understand is like you, you put seeds in the ground and you water it and you take care of it and you make sure there's enough sunlight and you don't see anything happening with it for, you know, some period of time mm-hmm. before all of a sudden there's this like little tiny thing sticking out of the ground. You're like, I've done all this work to this point and that's, that's it. But if you don't stick with it, you'll never see the, you know, the tomatoes or the fruits or the, uh, the vegetable or whatever that comes out eventually. Uh, and, and just because you can't see something underneath the surface doesn't mean nothing is happening. Um, but most people like we want to, you know, I put some seed in the ground and like I came back an hour later. Wait, there's no, where are my tomatoes? Like it just doesn't work like that. You know, it, it takes, uh, it, it takes a minute. So keeping, keeping that long-term perspective and knowing that I am planting seeds right now, I am doing the right things. And even though I can't see anything, it doesn't mean nothing's happening. Yeah. It's given me a different perspective on that. And even as I've listened to this podcast, as you've had other speakers on over the past couple of months, uh, it just gave me a different perspective. Like I, I'm not just thinking about those wins that you guys have had and those moments on stage, but it's like, I can almost hear the understanding between you and the other speakers. Like people don't realize how much work we're putting in and how much work this takes yeah. to, um, to find those leads, to, to work those leads, to build those connections, to do all that stuff. Um, it's kind of given me a new appreciation for that. Well, and again, to piggyback on like the, the golf analogy, you know, like um, I think that's part of the fun 
and the difficulty of golf is every day you go out there, you're like, this could be the day, you know? And like, usually one or two holes in, you're like, nope, not today. (laughs) Uh, And you're like, it just, it seems so simple. You just swing a club, you hit a light, a little white ball, you get it in the hole and a few shots. It doesn't seem that complicated. And yet there's so much like intricate details and difficulty to it that makes it, you know, this thing that you both love and and loathe uh, at the same time. Yeah. And it, it, I'll go out and play with friends who I may have played with 10 years ago and kind of here and there over the years. And because I've, I've become obsessed with it and I've played so much over the past few years, I've gotten a lot better. And so, you know, we'll be on the back nine and, and they've just hit their third shank of the day or, you know, another banana slice out of bounds and they're getting real frustrated. And I'm not like amazing them with my play, but I'm, I'm keeping it in front of me and all that. And at some point I always feel compelled to tell them like, do you know how many rounds of golf I've played in the last three years? And they're like, I don't know, like a hundred. I'm like, "Eh, like 270. (laughs) And they're like, Oh, they're like, yeah, this is my third time out this year. And it's kind of like, yeah, you, you see the wins that I'm getting here as, as I'm avoiding double bogeys, but I've put a lot of work into this. You know, there's been a lot of range sessions. I've played a lot of rounds. Of course I love doing it, which is why I'm doing it. But yeah, I think people can forget that on on the course, and it's definitely given me an appreciation for what it takes to be a speaker. Um, and the last thing that I wrote down was pivoting. I guess wouldn't be as hard as I thought it was, because um, here I am. You know, I, I haven't gotten that far down this journey for a number of reasons, but I'm definitely down the road some, and um, back in episode two or three, whenever that was, we were talking about, hey, do I want to pursue golf marketing or do I want to be an MC or a host? And I kind of felt like I was at this crossroad, this fork in the road, I had to make a decision. It was like, I was losing sleep because of it. And you were kind of laughing along with me and like, you know, it's not that big of a deal. You you can always pivot. And I, I believed you, but now here that I am a few steps down the one path, I realized, oh yeah, like, there's no reason why I couldn't pivot right now. Or even if I get further down this road, there's no reason that I can't pivot in the future, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a long-term process. And, and that going back to the, you know, the, the speak framework, the S P E A K, the S the select a problem to solve, getting clear on who you speak to, what's the problem that you solve. It is incredibly, incredibly important, but also remembering that you're, you know, you're, you're not getting a tattoo. You're not making a permanent decision here. And like you said, um, one, I, you know, I remember, you know, a month or two uh, after everything happened with, with Parker, I remember uh, a call that we had and I had mentioned, hey, there's uh, given what has happened and given that it was an accidental overdose, like this is something you could certainly speak about, you know, and, and having a, a firsthand experience on something like this, there's opportunities and, and that's completely different than the golf topic. Um, but it is, it is something that, um now based on life situations has it's a potential opportunity um and so uh so yeah it's 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 been a uh, it's been a crazy <laughs> crazy road are you are you uh are you happy with how it's played out are you disappointed are you um hopeful how, how are you feeling at this point i'm happy i'm i'm really happy with how, how it played out um between the grief and the pandemic uh you know, I've told you a few different times over the last couple of months, some days, uh, you know, I feel really good. And then other days I can't put a sentence together. Like it's definitely a, 
a strange, uh, sometimes difficult season of my life. So for me to sit here and predict like, oh yeah, like I kind of know what's going to happen in the next few weeks and months and years, I guess we're all learning that we can't really do that. That being said, I feel like I feel so much more clarity around um, the idea of being a speaker than I had when we started this journey. Back then, I, I felt paralyzed about feeling like I needed to be 100% about who I was going to speak to, what I was going to speak about, not really realizing that it was more about making a decision and, and taking the steps. So I feel so much better about that. Um, I feel like you've helped me to see what are the tasks that I need to do in order to start um, finding gigs, to start booking gigs. So I do believe that speaking is going to be a part of my future. I'm not sure exactly what it's going to be about or what it's going to look like, but I feel like as I do get more clarity on that coming out of this season, I know what I need to do to take the steps to pursue it. Like that part, there's, it's not quite so foggy anymore. I feel like I have clarity on that. To wrap up here, what would you say to other speakers who may be listening, who are where you were, you know, six, seven months ago of going, I have the potential. I love speaking. I want to do this. Like one of the things that kind of kicked all this off was you're like, I've been following, you know, Grant and the Speaker Lab for years. I've listened to a bunch of the podcast episodes. I've read a bunch of the blog posts. I've seen the webinars. Like, I've seen the results of other people and I'm wondering like, good for all those people. <laughs> Not sure if it works for me. And given my situation, my circumstance, my scenario where I'm my stage of life, uh, yada, 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 does this work for me? So for a speaker who's just on the fence going like, I, I don't know, is this for me that can, can, um, uh, booked and paid to speak and what, what the speaker lab teaches, can that work for me? What would you say to them? Yeah. I mean, at the risk of this sounding like an infomercial for the speaker lab, um, it absolutely has worked for me. Like, and I think what I like the most about the stuff that you do with your business is that you provide so much uh, great free information, including, you know, all the conversations on this podcast. I mean, basically you walking me through this coaching session over these eight episodes has been an incredible window for obviously for me going through, but I feel like even as a listener, it would have been really eye-opening for me to see all those steps. And so I think um, seeing those steps is going to be really helpful for some people, but then there are going to be some people who like me, I feel like I needed a coach through this process. Um, And, you know, because of the relationship that we had and, and this idea that we had to do this, you were that coach for me. We did it on the mic. Everybody got to hear exactly, uh, you know, we didn't do really anything off mic. So people got to hear those steps, but you know, I know that you off also offer some coaching in your business as well. And I think there are going to be some people, and I think I was probably one of them who you can see the information, you can know the information but you just want somebody to kind of hold your hand and guide you along. And some stretches of it, you really need the hand holding and maybe some you don't. But I mean, we see it with like the diet industry and, and, and like working out and, you know, mentoring with other business golf, stuff too. Like the golf swing, <laughs> the golf swing. Yeah. Like there are, the information is out there. That's the beauty of the internet. Right. But sometimes we need, a coach to help us figure things out. And so, um, I mean, you're, 
I, I did absolutely go into this questioning, like, is, is this going to work for me? And like I said, I went from kind of having a foggy idea about what, what actually are the steps that I would need to take to go from wanting to be a speaker to actually being a speaker. And I feel like your information, and I know some of the stuff that you sent me as I was going through, you sent me information from the booked and paid to speak course, um, like specific email scripts, which really helped me. Um, you gave me that clarity to know, oh, okay. Like you always say, it's, it's, uh, it's simple, but it's not easy. Like it takes the work to put in. So, um, yes, I, and, and, and I guess to prove it, I have recommended multiple friends, uh, to your stuff as I've been going through it. Um, I got a buddy Thaddeus, Thaddeus, who's probably listening to this right now, who, um, he wants to do more speaking. He's done a little bit. And every time we talk about it, I'm like, Oh, you got to listen to this podcast. Oh, you got to check out this from Grant. Um, and so I know he's big into your stuff. So yes, all that to say, um, I was skeptical. I am not skeptical anymore. I have seen the results of what happens when you put the work in and you do the right things. And um, I can see where this could be headed if I continue to do it. Very cool. Well, Brian, this has been a lot of fun on behalf of everyone that's listening. Um, Massive, massive uh, thanks and shout out to you for your vulnerability, uh, especially starting this of going like, uh, I, we were talking beforehand, I, I was listening to uh, those first couple episodes as they've been released. And so hearing some of the uh, the nerves, the trepidation, the fear in your voice uh, at the time, of, even as we were recording all of this at the beginning, neither of us had zero clue how yeah. this would play out. Uh, yeah. And obviously I had no clue of what would be happening uh, with your family or certainly with the, the pandemic um, and how things have, have evolved and changed over time. But uh, to uh, to work this out in a public setting like this uh, takes a lot of fear. It takes a lot of courage, uh, a lot of strength. Um, in addition to um, uh, to what's happened with your family, you know, it would be really easy for you to uh, justifiably just be in a cave and say, <laughs> "There's, I want to interact with zero humans at this point, and I just want to stay in bed all day." Um, but uh, uh, you know, I gave you an out, and I said, "Hey, man, we don't, we don't have to do, it. we don't have to talk about this. We can just, we don't have to do anything yeah. else with the series." And you said, "No, no, I want to, I want to talk about it. I want to honor. I want to celebrate Parker's life." So. Um, you know, as, as one human to another, as a, as a dad to another dad, uh, massive, massive kudos and, and um, uh, appreciation and respect for what you're doing. Uh, you touched on your blog um, that talks more about Parker, his life, celebrating that, what happened. Um, again, tell us that website again, spell it for us. Brian and Elaine can be spelled a, a thousand different ways. So yeah. where, where can we go? Yeah, I've maintained my golf kind of marketing presence at brianelaine.com. But brianelaine.me is where I've set up the blog to talk about my grief journey. And that's B-R-Y-A-N-A-L-L-A-I-N.me. So that's where they can go. Brian, thanks for the time, man. We appreciate you going on this journey with us. You're awesome, dude. Thanks, Grant. See you. All right. There you go, my friends. Hope you enjoyed the last part of this series. I I, I told you uh, a lot had happened. And um, like I said in the conversation with Brian to say that, um, you know, a tragedy took place feels like an understatement, but uh, Brian and and his his wife, Erica, and their daughter, Kylie, have have really um, 
really, really handled things in such a, a, I don't know if impressive is the right word, but uh, such a difficult season where you, there's no playbook, there's no really knowing how to um, how to think about things or how to adapt or evolve. Uh, but, but Brian and his family have really done a great job and, and um, continue to move forward and continue to honor and respect uh, the, the life of their son. And uh, so again, I'd encourage you to check out his website, uh, brianelaine.me. Again, that's brianelaine.me, where he talks about uh, Parker, like he mentioned, and some, some really good stuff there. And so whether you have uh, experienced a tragedy like this, or you just want to um, hear uh, what Brian's up to and, and see uh, how he's honoring and, and, and uh, celebrating the life of his son, I definitely would encourage you to check it out, brianelaine.me. All right. So there you go. That wraps up this eight part series. This is a lot of fun. Again, it's, it's, when we started this process, we had no idea where this was going, going certainly let alone not knowing I was going to take this type of turn, but uh, I've really enjoyed this process. Brian was incredibly uh, generous and gracious and, and vulnerable, like I said, uh, during this whole process. So huge, huge shout out to Brian for that. Hey, like I mentioned at the beginning, if you uh, if you haven't already, definitely pick up your copy of The Successful Speaker, Five Steps for Booking Gigs, Getting Paid, Building Your Platform. If you want to follow the same process that we walked through with Brian for how to find and book a gig, then The Successful Speaker is the book you need. It is a practical nuts and bolts in the trenches, in the weeds with you showing you exactly what to do. It's not theory. It's not ideas. It's not, oh, this sounds good. I think this could work. I heard about this somewhere. No, no. This is tried and true with myself, with our team, with our students. You need your copy of The Successful Speaker. So go pick it up wherever books are sold. Thanks for hanging out with us, my friend. We appreciate you being here. Remember, your message matters, and uh, we'll catch you next time. You're awesome.